You are listening to a podcast from the National. 157 passengers and crew lost their lives when an Ethiopian Airlines flight operating a Boeing 737 MAX 8 crashed near Addis Ababa en route to Nairobi last Sunday. It is a terrible tragedy for their families, Ethiopia, Africa, the world, and the aviation industry. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast, coming from the Nationals newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. There has been an understandable reaction in the wake of the Ethiopian Airlines disaster. Demand for answers is growing as the investigation continues into how the 737 MAX 8 aircraft crashed only minutes into the flight. Two American agencies, the Federal Aviation Authority and National Transportation Safety Board, are assisting Ethiopian authorities in the investigation, along with the plane's manufacturer, Boeing. As a precautionary safety measure for passengers, crew and the public at large, the UAE, the UK, South Korea, Australia, China and others have grounded their 737 MAX fleets and prohibited the aircraft from flying in their airspace. Concerns are that this tragedy is not an isolated one. An Indonesian Lion Air flight, also operating the 737 MAX 8 aircraft, crashed in October, killing all 189 people aboard. The problem there is suspected to be related to software. Boeing, one of the world's biggest commercial aircraft manufacturers, along with its main rival, Europe's Airbus, has been here before, perhaps not at this level. The FAA grounded its 787 Dreamliner for three months in 2013 because of battery problems. Boeing's market cap, which was at $239 billion last Friday, fell by as much as $30 billion on Monday and then recovered some of those losses. Boeing has over 4,600 of the 737 MAX on order so far. Its production line is booked for years. But it's worth also taking a look at the scale of the problems for the airline industry as a result of this tragedy. From one perspective, we can say that with over 700,000 flights a week globally in 2018, uh, the number that are operating this particular aircraft currently is very, very small. So this is not about grounding all of air travel to a halt, but it's more about confidence and sentiment and people feeling that it's safe to fly. About the plane itself, the first delivery of the 737 MAX 8 was in 2017. It's a fairly new aircraft, and that was to Malaysia's Melindo Air, which is part of the Lion Air Group. At the time of that delivery to Melindo Air, Kevin McAllister, the commercial airplanes president and CEO of Boeing, said that the 737 MAX 8's exceptional performance and flexibility provides the value customers demand. Today is the beginning of a new era in the single-aisle airplane market, he said. And to an extent, he's been proven right. The 737 MAX has become Boeing's fastest-selling plane in its history. Currently, more than 340 of them are registered, with many more on order, of course. To discuss this further, joining me is Dina Kamel, the National's Aviation Correspondent. Let's start with safety, Dina. Uh, this is the most important factor for the industry. And the authorities, airlines and Boeing will be working very hard to restore confidence. Absolutely. Safety is the most important factor for the aviation industry, whether it's um, the passengers, the uh, jet makers or the airlines themselves. Um, in a situation like this, the biggest 
problem that Boeing is facing right now is one of its reputational damage. Um, of course, right now, there is no conclusive data that has come out from the investigation telling us uh, whether the jet itself is to blame or not uh, for these two incidents. The issue is the incident of Ethiopian Airlines and that of Lion Air involving the same jet and only five months apart um, are eerily similar in terms of the circumstances. So that data has just been circumstantial and there's no evidence yet from the investigation that the jet is itself is to blame. So we've got a reputational crisis for Boeing here that's spooked travelers. It's got airlines going on the side of caution and, and banning the airlines from uh, banning the jet from their airspace uh, or, or grounding them completely just to be on the safe side. There's no conclusive evidence yet from, from the investigation. And that's something we would have to wait and see. But just in terms of the market sentiment, uh, already we have seen Boeing's uh, stock take quite the hit. Um, just on, on Tuesday, for example, at, at the close of uh, trading, it took a 6% um, uh, plunge, and and that continues to wipe off millions of its uh, market value. Um, so this is a situation that calls for quick and, and, and swift action from the regulators. It's interesting you say about the swift action and, and restoring confidence. I, I would say that initially after the Ethiopian Airlines crash, the, uh, the Boeing um, and some airlines were very quick that operate the fleet, the similar fleets were quick to say, you know, they've got confidence in its airworthiness. And it was, I think China uh, was one of the first countries to ban it. And that, that sort of swift action kind of put everyone on the spot. And as you quite rightly say, we don't have any clear conclusive evidence as to what caused this crash. And even the investigations of the Lion Air crash, they think it could be the software, but it's still not clear. And these investigations do take time. Um, but also, I would say that in aviation, safety, as we were saying, is a, is a big part of life. And if 20, 2018 was relatively a good year for safety for airlines, and 2019 is shaping up to be less of a good year, that airlines and manufacturers and airports and authorities have been dealing with this year in, year out. So is Boeing not had to deal with this stuff before? Boeing has been in similar situation before, although not as uh, intense and uh, it did not snowball quite as quickly. So if you'll remember a few years ago, there was issues with it with another new plane that Boeing had produced. That was the 787 Dreamliner um, that was taken to market with um, a lot of fanfare. Certainly um, was quite a crowd pleaser on the passenger side of things, um, had new technology um, new cabins. Um, it, it was an attractive proposition that came to market. And then uh, very quickly, uh, we saw a series of battery-related issues with that airline that led to a series of um, groundings at various uh, airlines. So that was another, that, that was a crisis that Boeing had to deal with. But I would probably say the, the magnitude and the speed with which this 737 MAX crisis has developed is a whole different ballgame. It has snowballed quite quite quickly um, against, uh, against Boeing. And this opens perhaps um, a wider plane of winners and losers in this situation. So, for example, 
a potential Boeing, a potential impact on Boeing may be that its future orders uh, may be hit. Uh, the future orders of the 737 MAX um, could could uh, potentially be hit, hit by this crisis. We've seen some airlines reconsider plans um, to buy this jet because of the safety concerns that are arising now. So, for example, um, we're seeing that Kenya Airways is rethinking its plans to buy the MAX and then potentially, swift, uh, potentially switch to either the Boeing 787 Dreamliner, or even um, go over to Boeing's European rival, uh, Airbus, which produces um, the equivalent jet or the competing jet, the A320neo. Um, we've also seen another large customer of Boeing, um, Lion Air in Indonesia. We um, have seen that they are thinking to drop their really big order, um, $22 billion order, um, of 737 maxes um, and and potentially um, go to go to Airbus. So there's going to be definitely winners and losers in in this landscape. Um, also, in terms of financial um, potential financial losses, we're seeing that some airlines uh, who've been forced to ground um, their jets, uh, their 737 jets, they are now turning back and saying, look, this is going to cost us uh, money. This is going to cost us a hassle of changing around uh, flight operations. Um, we, who's going to pay for this? And some of these airlines are saying, are turning around and saying, well, look, maybe Boeing should compensate us. I mean, we, we, you talk about the, the the ripple effect through the industry potentially, and and it, it, because as you said, it was it's been so quick, and it's global. You know, the number of, of countries that that are grounding the planes or refusing to let them fly through their airspace. Um, this is not an ice, isolated any particular region or or geography. And um, we, we've seen in the past that overall the airline industry has had an, an impact on their demand when there's been spikes in terrorism, when there's been um, you know economic downturns that have affected you know potential demand. Um, safety is another aspect where this you know workhorse of the skies that is used on a lot of short haul flights, particularly in Asia and between the Americas, which again are big markets. Mm. Again, that that could create some kind of maybe not for a long time, but at least in the short term, some kind of hesitance on the part of, of passengers uh, to choose to, to to fly if they if they can avoid it. Definitely, we're seeing some of that sentiment uh, that global passengers are, are having, you know, uh, along the last few days, they've taken to social media to find out exactly whether some of the flights they've um, already booked um, are in fact going to be on the 737 MAX or not. Some of them have said that they'd um, change uh, change their bookings if, if so. So definitely there's a, a global spook uh, because of this incident. Um, and, and the global reaction of airlines and regulators, um, more than 40 countries now that have decided to um, ground or, or ban the jet from their airspace uh, is in response to the fact that there has been very little uh, clarity or information uh, so far on whether the, the two incidents of Lion Air and Ethiopian are, are correlated and whether there's um, some sort of flaw with the 737 MAX's systems. I mean, there, uh, are th there are thousands of flights a week using this plane. And, and um, you know, it's it's... We've got two incidents, tragedies, disasters, uh, loss of life. Sure. Um, but statistically, I don't know, you know, whether that's a big, a big uh, percentage. 
of it? Uh, no, and, and that's simply because while the 737 is the best-selling and most popular um, model of Boeing's uh, narrow bodies and that entire family is quite popular, the Maxes themselves have only been introduced into service in 2017. So the number of orders um, is quite huge, but the number of actual deliveries to airlines and those currently in service is not as big um, as the previous uh, versions or previous models of the 737. So we're talking um, about a relatively and comparatively limited number of uh, maxes uh, in the skies. So that sort of perhaps in the overall scheme of uh, global flights uh, puts into perspective the the sort of narrower, comparatively narrower um, number of, of uh, max jets out there in the skies. And uh, you, you, you quite rightly talk about there's been little information in the last few days um, since the crash of Ethiopian Airlines about what could have potentially caused this. And, and again, we were saying earlier about the Lion Air crash in October that, that was still not clear. It could have been a software change and um, a need to have Create, given more training to pilots as a result of this system's change. So we, we're st it's still unclear, um, you know, almost six months on from the last one. Um, it's only been a few days. So how quickly can we expect or should we expect to actually understand what, what's happened? I mean, I know that, you know, the, there are a number of agencies, international agencies trying to investigate this. So you think that there's enough resources to maybe speed this up. Correct. Um, Boeing has certainly sent a technical team to assist with the investigation. Uh, the U.S. Um, Federal Aviation Authority is also involved, as is Ethiopian Airlines uh, itself. Um, the UAE's uh, civil aviation regulator, the GCAA, has said it will also be um, involved in the investigation. So there is a number, um, uh, as you say, of, of entities and resources that are being pulled into this effort. Um, already, the um, we've seen that the black boxes have been recovered from the crash site. Um, and the latest update that we have now from Ethiopian Airlines um, is that those uh, the black boxes will be sent abroad um, for analysis. Uh, so the, the location of where they will be sent um, has not been determined as yet, maybe in the to the US or to Europe. Um, so that's still to be determined. But we should, once those boxes are analyzed, uh, assuming there is not very much damage to them, uh, we there should be data uh, coming uh, soon to shed light on that. But having said that, investigations can even take up to an, a year um, before conclusive reports are are published and and, and put out. It, that will be a long time to keep those those planes grounded. And as you were saying, that uh, not only does it dent confidence, but there's actual financial cost to that. But more longer term, does this open the door to competitors to Boeing? Um, you were talking about Airbus, but mm -hmm. but also in China, where as I said, they're very they were very quick to to take precautions against uh, mm -hmm. any potential dangers from this aircraft. They have ambitions to create their own aircraft, and and their sure. own domestic aviation market is absolutely massive. Absolutely, um, they are uh, one of China is one of um, Boeing, Boeing's biggest customers, and and they're really key um, to 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 Boeing. It's as you say a giant market, um, lots of domestic and international demand. It's one of the fastest growing uh, aviation markets in the world. So that's a market to be taken seriously. In fact, the Chinese were the first to um, come out and say that they will be grounding um, all of that country's planes, which is nearly a hundred planes. 
um, on on the ground. So that's quite substantial. Um, however, despite the appetite from the market for air travel, um, and despite China's you know ambitions um, for uh, aircraft manufacturing, which they're certainly on their way to do, um, the Chinese company Comac um, is still an in early stages. Um, it will take many years for them to catch up with established um, jet makers like Boeing and, and Airbus. So I don't see there being um, potentially any uh, immediate ability to fulfill um, China's um, demand for new aircraft locally. Uh, that's still some ways away. So. Um, they will be. They will continue to look at the the existing aircraft uh, manufacturers, um, and and perhaps this is um, this really steps up the the race on the competition between um, Boeing and Airbus for for those orders that really intensifies now. I mean, if if the Boeing seven three seven Max program takes a big hit as a result of this, I mean, you, if, you, if the thousands of orders do diminish, does does that accelerate? Uh, the production or the adoption of next generation aircraft that are further down uh, the R and D pipe. You know, the, mm-hmm. I think there is a next generation of seven three sevens that that uh, are are being developed potentially. Uh, so right now, um, Boeing has has re-engined its um, um, next generation seven three sevens, and that has led to the to the Max, um, which is the latest and newest variant of uh, that model um, and is, uh, as you've pointed out, a popular uh, industry workhorse um, that's a feature of air travel and uh, and is very popular with, with airlines as well. Um, there's certainly a uh, gap here where Airbus um, could, could uh, stand to win some orders with airlines that have plans uh, to buy um, more narrow bodies um, that are, uh, you know, fuel efficient and re-engined and so forth. And that's where the Airbus 320neo could look attractive. Um, But also for those airlines that have already purchased or already put in orders for the 737 MAX, um, it could be uh, quite expensive uh, to then go back and and cancel those orders um, and then Jump onto the await waiting um, line that's quite long uh, for you know um, uh, other narrow bodies potentially from Airbus. That that's quite a long backlog that they've uh, got there at the manufacturers. So it's it's both um, uh, time consuming and expensive to make that switch. Yeah, because the the business of, of of buying aircrafts from these big manufacturers is 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 quite lengthy, and to get to the front of the queue. Um, and 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 often these deals can be multi-billion. Um, you mentioned earlier a twenty-two billion mm. uh, deal, for example. At least at list prices, we don't know mm. what the discounts are, but and they can be for dozens, if not hundreds, of, of aircrafts ultimately. Um, and and so it 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 seems that right now. Um, you know the safety is is at the forefront, and and everybody is thinking about that. Nobody wants any more disasters. No one wants any more loss of life. And then as we move forward and we work out to see what happens, there could be that pressure, I guess, to to kind of restructure some of these deals. So you'd expect, you know, Boeing is going to have to to be pretty nimble to kind of keep keep that from happening, if it, if it's even possible. Absolutely. They've said that they are in touch with their current airline customers to provide them with um, information and the confidence needed to to uh, retain those jets. Uh, so already those conversations are underway. But there is 
because of the the increasing concerns, there is increasing pressure um, on Boeing and the U.S. Uh, aviation regulator uh, to to take a uh, to take a stance and to provide um, more information. Uh, so far, interestingly. Uh, the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Authority of the U.S., uh, has stood by the credit, um, has stood by the airworthiness of um, the 737 Max. It said that it is um, still safe to fly. Um, and interestingly, um, other regulators, such as those in, in in Europe and in the U.K., have have departed from that stance. Uh, they usually follow the FAA in, in these uh, in these issues, but they've departed from that stance and, and decided to be a little bit more cautious um, until more information uh, becomes available from from the investigation, as well as more information from uh, Boeing and and the regulators. Um, already, we've seen some action from Boeing. To be fair, they have said that after the Lion Air crash, they have started working on um, a software update uh, for the um, seven three seven Max. Um, which now they're going to um, uh, implement and roll out within the coming weeks. Uh, so we are we are seeing that um, uh, action underway. Um, to get a bit geeky, maybe uh, there's the 737 MAX 8. And for example, when the UAE's uh, aviation regulator put out its notice on Tuesday night to say that it would be grounding aircraft and, and also stopping them from their airspace, they also mentioned the 737 MAX 9. Mm -hmm. That's a different aircraft. Uh, that's a larger variant of the 737 family. Um, it's It's got more seats than, than the 8. And uh, so we're talking about uh, a, a, a bigger plane within the same 737 family. Um, and the GCAA has said that um, it would ground those, those planes, which then directly impacts uh, Fly Dubai which is um, the UAE's only operator of the 737 MAX. And if we look at that globally, uh, it is um, one of the biggest um, customers uh, of, of the MAX, um, maybe only second to um, Southwest Airlines uh, in the US. They've got a large um, incoming order. However, what they are operating right now, um, we're looking at just 11 to 15 uh, aircraft um, that are um, 737 Maxes that are currently in operation and fly to buy. So in, in terms of, you know, what do I do as, as a passenger? Um, well, Right now, Fly Dubai is looking at um, its flight schedule and saying, right, we can't fly those uh, planes at the moment. So they've switched back to the older versions of the 737 that they have, which is the um, next generation 737-800. Um, they're going to be uh, putting their uh, passengers on, on those planes uh, and they're tweaking their flight schedule uh, accordingly, uh, maybe cutting some... Uh, frequencies here and there to be able to adapt. And so, I mean, a live example of how uh, one particular airline is adapting and ensuring that it keeps its flight schedule flowing as much as possible with as little disruption as possible. Um, but, exactly. it, you know, disruption is a fact of life in in, in, in air travel, um, wherever you're going, even in, yeah. in normal circumstances. Yeah. Um, and uh, But also, I think generally worldwide, um, passengers tend to be, you know, sensitive 
to these things. So uh, everyone's going to be waiting every day to be getting as much information as possible. And I guess, you know, this is a global story, as we said, um, you know, affects um, all markets, all regions. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll be hoping that there'll be uh, more information, very transparent as the investigation unfolds. And and we we should be expecting to hear from Boeing um, often, shouldn't we? Um, well, as as of now, Boeing has said that it would it has no further new guidance to share with its airline customers based on the information that's now available to them, uh, but that they are in constant um, interaction uh, with with the airlines, but they're not issuing out any new guidance in in, in terms of the the plane systems, um, as well as the FAA has also said that it is. Um, uh, looking into the the results of the investigation um, before it makes further statements, um, so it's it's a watch and wait game at the moment until um, we get a little bit more nuggets of information from from the investigation um, as the black boxes are are sent out uh, for analysis, um, and that should um, hopefully give us more more answers. Dina Kammer, the Nationals Aviation Correspondent, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an episode of the Business Extra podcast. For fuller coverage of this story, as well as all our other business news, please go to thenational.ae. All that remains is to thank our producer, Kevin Jeffers, and you for listening. Please do join us again next time.